strong. Europe at the turn of the 20th. And he was the one who started in New York and learned a second language. And so I'm just following in family tradition of being a nomad, taking chances, and pretty much drinking life. Because if you do something stagnant, it doesn't work that way. I mean, right. you don't want to grow moss on your rolling stone. You always want to be doing something. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And where, where uh, do your grandparents hail from? I am Romanian and Russian, German and Polish. That's my back. Oh, I, I got right. you there on a couple of them. I'm Polish and German. <laughs> I'm a little bit German, mostly Irish. <laughs> do you get down and like, you know, do the Russian dance? Can you do that now? Not at all. I mean, I'm you know, pretty much second generation Philadelphian. And so I'm more of a Pac-Man pinball sort of person. Oh, <laughs> me too. Me too. But that's, you know, honestly, if um, if you could go, like if I, like you could, you know, obviously you did it, but if I can go back in time, you know, learning Spanish would have been a very smart move <clears throat> on many yeah. fronts. You know, whether you make it, it part of your career, but part of your resume and just part of life, um, it would have been a smart move. But I took uh, four years of Italian and basically learned how to cook. <laughs> you can definitely read those cookbooks. How about this? I needed padding. I needed like a batting cage sort of philosophy where if I were in Arizona and Tucson, the moment I left the classroom, I could practice Spanish pretty much anywhere. And so mm -hmm. I didn't have to like yourself be in a kitchen, download, plug in, bring equipment. Guys, all the world was a stage. And also, just through process of elimination, I was the only one out of my friends that could do it. So if anything or nothing, I was making myself marketable. And, you know, Absolutely. I, I felt there was a lot of positive reinforcement from the Latino community. I was building upon my vocabulary. Eddie, you just got to sit down and study the grammar for six months. That's really <laughs> the deal. And then once you have that, the rest is vocab. And it was just something like riding a bike. Once you learn it, you never forget it. <laughs> and I started seriously studying this at 18. And so by having that intermediate level, I'm, a, I'm actually paying it forward. I have a second language scholarship I give to a graduating senior at Abington High School. And so I realized that That's learning a second happen. language is a long shot. And so I might as well pay for their books freshman year and assist in their travel. No, that's that's incredible, and uh, it goes a million miles. It really does, um, and I think these days kids are seeing the value in it. You know, you have a lot more bilinguals out there. Um, they're able to gain employment because of it, a lot yes. of times, because people need bilinguals. Yes. So I mean, it really is. Yes. It's it's huge, and and it's one of the biggest languages in the in, in the in the world um so it is a smart move and uh and then you parlayed it into uh training folks in costa rica in a in a call center atmosphere customer service that's great. which has to be a whole new challenge well, well yeah what 
what at 27 what made you go down the like you know you graduated high school okay and then you go to college but you know you, you aren't in big colleges whatever but what made you at 27 make the decision to go to Costa Rica which by the way is a beautiful place because we had someone on from Costa Rica and she turned her computer around it was daytime and it was just gorgeous it like was a mo gorgeous. movie setting like a movie yeah setting. you know you know you've been there obviously so yeah a long time <laughs> what, so what, what, uh, what so what made you choose that excellent question Lynn it was it was momentum it was positive reinforcement the fact that I interned for Telemundo during college Postgrad, I got a job. Oh, you would tell the mundo. Oh, okay, okay. And, and so, if you think about it, I was building upon this language and testing waters. And so, no, at twenty-seven, my friends, I was given a one and a million opportunity. A very good friend of mine owns a call center here, and he said, "Richie, why don't you come down for just two months to teach some English?" And when I walked off the plane, just like you're saying, Eddie, I'm in paradise. And I fell in yeah. love with the girl of my dreams here. And when I worked at my friend center, this is quite interesting. I didn't I didn't start at sea level. I it was with the proletariat. So I kind of learned the business from the inside out. I mm -hmm. I decided to stay and I put everything in storage and I wanted to continue my life here. So days turned to weeks to months to years. And my family just kept shaking their head saying, one day it's gonna end, he's gonna come home. Well, now I, I made some roots here, but I learned the business and I think the greatest thing that I did understand is that people do not want to be expendable. They want empathy. And if you extend that to them, you might get some sort of fidelity where people won't leave you. Mm -hmm. I can hire IT and the technical specialists, but when I'm building a foundation here of a company culture, mm -hmm. it's knowing your name, it's breaking bread with you. Lynn, it's doing the things that we were raised on with our grandparents, where mm -hmm. you just extend that sort of trueness. Um, it's not even that, it's sincerity. Mm -hmm. Because if you just do it a one and a done, they'll see through it. Mm -hmm. You really try to invest in people and make them more marketable, especially being a guest in another country. English being my first language, I can teach you every curse word in the book. <laughs> so why don't we talk about diplomacy and strategy and enhancing your vocabulary? Right. You have more depth and you can wiggle a little bit more on these calls. And so people really appreciate the art of speech and the sort of uh, attention to detail that I give to this. Okay. So how, how did they accept you when you first came, when they knew, you know, that you were going to be working with them? How did they accept the idea? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Naturally, by showing them, I understood the subjunctive tense and the fact that I'm just not a 20 vocabulary word guy. Mm -hmm. The fact that I have self-discipline in regards to my health. I hit the gym pretty hard mm. and I'm not a target down here. I'm not a weak man. Mm -hmm. So they're realizing that somebody was on here on a vision quest, a spiritual life journey. This is somebody here that was in it to win it. <laughs> and I was the one that was asking for clarifications and understandings and taking extra efforts to participate. And by doing so, I was accepted, embraced, and in fact, elevated. 
-hmm. And not saying that I couldn't grow anywhere in the world, but I chose a country that has a democratic society, a very nice industry, right. and close to my mom and dad where I can hop on a flight. And there's a large expat population here. And so, and plus, I have very good friends here. So I started off with a very nice comfort and network. And so base. I had an incredible base. But guess what I also had? The language skills they didn't have. Right. So I was having a much different experience than them. Like they might have owned the company, but I was getting that sort of um, respect and almost admiration for the fact that I would sit with the people and break bread. No one's better than another. <laughs> I believe in circles. And I was living in a honeymoon stage, and I still am after 23 years. Where That's I haven't asked great. Okay, there, there's a lot That's to fantastic. Thing. You don't want to lose that passion for it, and then it ends. And so yes. that's what I've been trying to preserve all of this time. Now, aren't there a lot of different dialects, even though, you know, Spanish is Spanish? Aren't there a lot of different dialects in Spanish, or am I wrong? Yo, Lynn, do I have a Philly accent? <laughs> <laughs> Of course I do. I sound Yo, like Richard, do I sound like <laughs> do I sound like a New Yorker? Yes, of course you do. <laughs> yes, you guys especially use a call center. Yeah, I got the call. I got um, a call center. Oh. You don't even say anything. You just make a, a vowel. <laughs> My junior year I lived in Spain and I stayed over Christmas break so I can backpack and stuff, but I saw a huge difference between the Castilian and Andalusian uh -huh. Spanish. Then mm -hmm. I got the Argentinian Spanish and the Puerto Rican and Cuban Spanish, the Mexican Spanish, the Central American Spanish. Now, right. there's the things that I don't like, or it's difficult for me, where the dichos or the expressions, those are just, you know, you got to catch it. But when it comes to the grammar, unless they're using poor grammar, lazy grammar, mm -hmm. It's tough for me, too, because I studied the books. I mean, give me a break. Sure. But, right, but if, you're, right. if you're rolling it the way it can, I can catch and I can pace. And it's a lot of fun that way. How fun is it? Let me ask you this, uh, Richard. Uh, being um, extremely gringo, like myself, but my wife, uh, her mom grew up in Argentina, and she's as Irish as they come. Okay. So her brothers and her family were relocated there when they were young and they grew up in Argentina. So they spoke, spoke obviously fluent Spanish and, um, <clears throat> you know, would always be in those situations where they're in an elevator. <laughs> you know what I'm talking <laughs> You know where I'm going, Richard. And, uh, you, you have, uh, some Hispanics in the elevator talking, uh, in Spanish, assuming you don't know, what they're, what they're talking about. And then my mother-in-law would chime in in Spanish and correct them or say something, and, and they'd be like, you know, just... <laughs> Where did you come from? Pants around the ankle. So like, what? You know. So that's always a, a, a pretty unique experience. I, I'm, I'm sure you've experienced that somewhere along the lines. Well, if you're looking for trouble, it's going to find you. I don't... Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> Got $100 bills on the corner in Boys Town. I, um, <laughs> I will sometimes 
reserve the fact that I speak Spanish, as you say, Eddie, just to see if people are planning something. I try not to do that in the beginning because that's somewhat disrespectful. But no, if you got to right. tell for the water. But also to answer your question in regards to accents, I kind of see that as beauty marks. Mm -hmm. Think of Ricardo Montalban, for an example. He spoke English beautifully, but yes. he had an accent. Yeah. You know that accent was cool. love him. Like Zsa Zsa Gabor. I mean, oh, it's God, yeah. and vocabulary, but the slight accent, that beauty mark. And so yes. that's where I look at the proficiency in regards to linguistics. Yeah. And I, and I, you know, even studying Italian for four years, um, and there is obviously some crossover <clears throat> between, between the two. So you can understand certain throughout things. the years and, and, and a lot of like my best friends, Puerto Rican and, you know, growing up in New Jersey, most of my friends were all Hispanic. So it, it really was just, you know, if you didn't learn Spanish, you were going to learn it some way or another. Otherwise, you were not going to be able to go to your friends houses and communicate with their parents. And, and uh, you know, so you do pick up a lot of that. And there is crossover from Italian. Um, but to build that in a you know and and lend it to a a call center atmosphere it has to be a whole different type of challenge and um well, how did you find that the workers in Costa Rica that you uh took under your wing and 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 worked with how did they embrace the challenge as far as exceeding customer service, understanding the value of customer service, you know, aside from the, the language barrier, obviously you had that covered, but how, how did you feel that they, they really embraced that down there? They had to get rid of those bad habits, Eddie. Mm -hmm. They came from a call center that looked the other way. I'm not strict, mm -hmm. but then again, I want you to master this level so you can get to the next levels. Plus we're also accountable to our clients in the United States. I mean, I can take into consideration some things, but you do have a responsibility. But also, I put them on a level playing field. A lot of the complaints people have is that they don't have the resources. They're mm -hmm. not given a good script. There's no mm -hmm. rebuttals or role play, a good list, no support. Mm -hmm. So imagine what that does to the morale of the agent. And then you blame them on poor performance. It's very easy to hit metrics, especially with a quality control department. What we do is we study their key performance indicators, which are the things I'm paying you to do. Right. Qualify, lead, and convert it. What I look for are the aces, the ones that are able to use those advanced soft skills that we have in order to give a positive escalation, to give a compliment, to ask open-ended questions so I can stack. I can buy some time. I can use the military alphabet. I can find things in common with you. Mm -hmm. If I see you buying 30 seconds to one minute worth of time with checkpoints, tie down questions, proper transitional sentences to bridge ideas, name dropping appropriately, yeah. then I give you more than 100 points. What do you mean? Because you're doing exceptional, like an advanced placement class in high school. You can have more than a 4.0. I know that 100% exists in this sort of science, but I'm also talking about metaphysics. I'm talking about connections with people that you can't put on paper. And so if people are willing to slow down, live in the now, 
go back and forth and be spontaneous like the genius Robin Williams. Oh, oh really? Then you'll be a painting. You won't be a print. And you won't mm-hmm. carpet bomb and do your job and do the things that you two have seen Hollywood show with the Wolf of Wall Street and Glenn, Gary, Glenn Ross and Boiler Room. Sure, those places exist. But there's also a ton of people that earn an excellent living by retaining a client, getting an upsell, getting a referral, not compromising their ethics to earn a living. Sure. There's some incredibly talented people that are out there that work on the phone. Absolutely. 100%. And, and it's it's amazing that you even bring that up because I grew up in um, the day in the early 90s in New York City and I was in a, a, a corporate rep, you know, and I was with Canon USA and I was with some big companies and was trained how to sell and how to read people and how to do everything the right way. Oh, yeah. And then throughout the years, you come across people who want to take shortcuts and, and they, they lose that whole sense of person, sense of sell, sense of uh, customer service, sense of satisfaction, sense of everything. It's just really about money and winning. And that's where you kind of lost me. I mean, yeah, I'm competitive. I want to win. I love to sell, but I also love people. And if I'm going to be serious with somebody at a table because I'm presenting my product or myself or my company, you have to you have to have a straight face and you have to be able to believe in what you're you're talking about and and it comes across uh, whether it's face to face over the phone in a call center atmosphere, you know, you're projecting this work ethic and this level of empathy and vocal control onto people that can really benefit from it. And obviously you've succeeded very well. <laughs> and it's exciting to talk to you because it's been a while since I've uh, had had the pleasure of talking to someone who's but so in, in, in that world, yeah, that world. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like you, you've been there, you've done it, you're doing it, and it's it's just a, a break. Succeed at it, and you'll continue to succeed at it. I just enjoy speaking to someone who knows. Like I, I feel like I'm on the same page as you. And well, I I don't know speech though that that I focus on. It's not the selling because I believe that from an educated point of view, you make the decision. Mm-hmm. And so I'm not as aggressive, yet we're not passive. We're assertive. Mm-hmm. So I'm really giving you a certain balance, a pace, and a tone. There really is a structure to this. And if one does devote dedicated practice, they can master these sort of interpersonal communication skills to increase mm-hmm. talk time for potential more conversions. It's, it's purely metrics. And I fully believe that not only in business, but in, in your personal life, you know, yeah. across the board. Yes. But in a business setting, absolutely. Because I think a lot of people get their heads filled with nonsense through movies and everything else, it, depending on what, you know, if they get into sales or customer service or whatever, you know, avenue they go down and they have these thoughts in their heads of what it's supposed to be, but what it's supposed to be is totally different. You know, it's human communication between two people and you're, you're, you're trying to work through 
what their needs and wants are and you have to listen and take it all in and be able to have proper dialogue so that you're on the same page the whole way being attentive follow through too a lot yeah, of there's, people, there's so much to it but like you said yeah, Richard, i mean it, a lot of people don't don't it's not like that on to certain you, point it's honing your craft in, in a sense eddie froze and but for me it was always <laughs> listening but, but lynn you brought up an amazing point i can cold call close you if that's what you want me to do but no lynn it's building a pipeline. It's selling for time. It's selling for information. It's respecting boundaries and protocols of company. Maybe mm -hmm. instead of doing 100 phone calls a day, you do about 80 so you can spend a little time doing some due diligence on a LinkedIn profile. Exactly. Or a website so I can custom make your voicemail, email, or when I call your company, I could say, hey, Lynn, how you doing? Eddie around. So it's like I already know with whom I'm speaking. So at least your first 30 seconds, you can jump clouds. And if you happen to hang up on me, I have romantic deaths because I can do Funny Minds podcast. Lynn, how are you? How's Eddie doing? Richard Blank, <laughs> Costa Rica's call center. We're good, thanks. Click, jumped another cloud. Why? My momentum. I did nothing wrong. I didn't compromise. All I did was company name spike, introduce myself, positive escalation. You do that a hundred times a day. Don't be surprised if you don't triple your numbers. Your your contact ratio will go down because you're going to be speaking longer with more people. So your metrics are going to be off by 20%. Increased production, less people contact, longer talk times. Exactly. It's beautiful. See, don't compare me to Billy. I'm doing things differently. He's rushing. You and I... Ladies, don't run. Lynn, I'll open the door for you. You take your time. There's no rush. <laughs> well, I don't know what kind of um, business structure Costa Rica has because I've never studied, you know, what they do. All right. When, when I saw a call center, I thought, well, this is like, so this man has to be so interesting. Like, I wouldn't think of a call center in, in Costa Rica. You know what I mean? So I'm thinking, like, here's America. America that's now full of kids that can't think outside the box, that really aren't going to go the uh, two miles for you. Um, they'll hang up. If they don't understand something, they're going to hang up. And then when you call back, someone will say, Oh, you must have got, it must have been a disconnect. You know, I'm sorry, blah, blah, blah. You know, so the turnover, I'm thinking, I'm comparing like the United States, the turnover in a call center in the United States is tremendous. Yes. Because they don't care because it's kids that, you know, um, the older people, yes, they're going to do what they need to do. They've been there for, for so long. They love what they're doing. They enjoy their job. They're dedicated to their company. They, you know, the younger people are very different. So how would you compare that with Costa Rica? I mean, like, you know, in your call center, how would you compare your older generation with your younger generation? A lot of it has to do with the labor laws and what they're capable of doing. 
I try to give them Philly guilt as much as I can. And I ask to make a suggestion before saying something. And I compare myself first before telling them areas in which to focus. Okay. But I tell you what, I can't stop the attrition rate at a call center, but I can reduce it. Okay. Mm -hmm. There's a huge difference between natural and forced attrition. Forced attrition, Lynn, is if you're not coming to work, getting stoned at lunch, not making your calls. You're a cancer, you're a jumper, you're a disruptor. I got to let you go and replace you. It's right bus, maybe wrong seat. Right. But I tell you what, Amazon is here, HP, Intel, and Oracle. So there's leverage with the agent that is marketable. So I may have a natural attrition where there's a scheduling conflict because of the university. Maybe their girlfriend works there. It could be closer to their home. And let's be realistic. If they're really talented, there might be other opportunities that may be more lucrative. But I guarantee this, Lynn, Eddie, the three of us would never publicly deface somebody. We'd never make them cry on the floor. There's no walk of shame at my call center. So I don't bat a thousand where people don't leave, but I'm not purposely cutting my nose to spite my face. Right. I have to act out in front of people to play the big shot Ringo. That's for amateurs. <laughs> those are for people that have no friends at their Chuck E. Cheese that's party. Right. That's yeah, that's those, right. those, those, those leads are for closers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my, my watch is worth more than your life. <laughs> You're talking about Blake and Glenn Gary. He made seven hundred fifty thousand dollars last year. Oh, well, that's that's some classic stuff. I I love it. You know, I had um, Richard. I had friends back in my New York City days that were stockbrokers, and um, you know, they they did their got their Series Seven cut. You know, did their deals, got cut their tie, and uh, they lived that movie to the point of nauseam. Like these guys would get together every night yes. and watch this movie. Okay. And then go to work the next day and act it out. About Glenn Gary boiler room or the bo bo no, I'm talking about boiler room. You're talking about boiler room. Boiler room. When I hire people that have, let's just use collections for an example. In my opinion, that's division one compared to inbound back office customer support. Mm -hmm. These people are exceptionally well-versed mm -hmm. and, yeah, and they are aggressive. But I've also, like if you've ever read Machiavelli's The Prince, they're also mercenaries. There is absolutely zero loyalty to a flag. They'll leave you on a drop of a dime for an extra dollar. They're usually a disruptor like a Dennis Rodman on a basketball team might be the rebound king, but he also had some issues going on as well. Issues what you want to do. Just a, just a couple, you know, just a couple. Well, what a phenomenal player and what a personality. There's oh, God, yeah. positives and negatives to it. it. It sold seats, didn't it? Mm -hmm. And yes, also the guy could back up. Oh, yes, he did. He could back up his game. And so these are people mm -hmm. here that are wickedly talented, sharp tongue, mm -hmm. but dangerous. Because sometimes it's substance, sometimes it's issues outside the office, or just being on such a high level of intensity mm -hmm. that it just doesn't jive. Not saying that someone that's more passive can't do it. 
And I love that sort of rhetoric. In fact, that sort of high level rhetoric and intensity, I think that could be used in any sort of situation. It's just glamorized because of the stocks, the money, the sense of urgency and the timing. I got you on that. But there's a lot of huge deals that are made that could be done over six months period of time. Mm -hmm. That just doesn't have to be a cold call close on a, on a Wednesday. And so yeah. there's different levels of it, but it's still the same sort of goal in mind. But um, no, I think that when people are that well trained, it's an art form, but it's also like fire. They can use that for warmth and for health, but it's also a skill that can burn. Mm -hmm. That's very dangerous. And I believe that these people should use those skills for good not to and then you say but these call centers exist that may have gray areas or do things that are unethical well people choose to work there and if nobody goes there no calls are made and so these sweepstakes and these other sort of call centers that are shady mm -hmm. and that hurt people and that have the bad reputations they make us look bad but then on the flip side there are call centers here that have resolved issues for you and have gotten you better deals. Mm -hmm. Or since you press zero, you were able to relieve some stress and resolve. And so right. and do, you, uh, do you hand does your call center uh do you handle a myriad of things as far Different as customer companies. service? I was gonna ask or do you thing. specialize in, in, in specific businesses? Well, we have specific verticals that we work with. I work with law firms, travel, movies, and music. So you okay? So broad. So you're spectrum. diverse. But I'm also selective, as proud as my parents are for the new projects that come into the center. They're twice as proud of those that I turn away. Uh -huh. Eddie, you always want to make Mama Lynn happy. Absolutely. Very important to do. I got to keep her hair purple. You know this. <laughs> no, and I know how mothers are. She'd say she's not angry at you, but Lynn would be very disappointed in you. And that's a mm -hmm. that's a knife that twists. Oh, uh, yeah, exactly. It's worse. <laughs> that's a whole different it's worse. <laughs> it's the <laughs> difference be calling me, it, it, between her calling me Eddie or Edward. <laughs> oh, when I hear Richard Andrew, I know I'm in a lot of trouble. Yeah, right? You're done. You are done. <laughs> but these were the decisions that I had to make. And I'm not the I'm not the six year old kid stealing a candy bar at the supermarket. If I were at that supermarket today, I'd probably put twenty dollars down on the counter and say we're good. And he's like, "Who are you? Don't worry about it." Nineteen seventy seven. Seriously, I was stealing what was like a like a Clark bar or something. It was a Charleston shoe, and it was twenty five cents. I'm giving you a lot of money here. <laughs> I mean, it is worth it. But um, totally. But you change. And you can't be hard on yourself when you're seven. And things are different now. And as much as money seems like it's great, but when you have it, it is great. But then again, like for me, I pay it forward. I get more satisfaction seeing somebody crack a code, shed some skin and get to another level than I do earning $100. Why? Because I can only eat so many dinners. Yeah. What else am I gonna do? Yeah. So now it's for me to, to, to as I mentioned before, give it to others. So, so do you, gone. what do you, what do you do down there? Like, do you have a significant other? Do you have, you know, 
what type of, of a life do you have? Oh, I got in Costa Rica. Oh, I married a princess. Her name is Grace Bourbon. I met her when I first got here. Oh, Been together geez. 23 years. She's a local tropical girl. Really? In the mountains of Costa Rica. Uh-huh. <laughs> like a Moana. <laughs> Oh yeah, you didn't waste like that. You didn't waste any time. time, you dirty, you dirty oh, old man. man. You. <laughs> How about when I first got down here and we went on our dates? It wasn't like going to the movies or bowling. We went to a park, and I had this woman pointing out every plant, every flower, taking certain things off the trees that were edible, and it was almost like falling in love nature channel. Yeah. And so yeah. I've had people impress me with so many things, but I literally had this woman that is sharing her life. Like my Pac-Man and pinball is as mm -hmm. foreign to her as seeing Guanabana mm -hmm. in Costa Rica. And so Guanabana you're not in these two amazing <laughs> worlds. They were coming together and there was no judgment. I mean, obviously, we're as opposite and different as the day is long, but we found... That's good. Opposites attract. Well, this one did because we found ourselves so interested in one another, and every day it's sharing. Yeah. That's great. Like upon that. no, there's, there's always a yin and a yang to life, I yeah. mean, in, in one way, shape, or form, you know, and that, that is phenomenal. So that's good uh, for you. I mean, That's it makes great. you not only fall in love with the woman, but you fall in love with your location, the country, the whole, the culture, the whole scenario. The whole you know, it's stop. Fantastic. I wanted one more shot at it because once you post grad college, you know, life's over. You might as well work it yeah. out. <laughs> She's got to pay back the money. <laughs> yeah, right. And so I had this last shot. Like, no, I all this money. Now, I understand and I see behind you that you have um, a love of restoring pinball machines. You have like a, um, huge, a very huge collection. large collection of pinball machines and um, jukeboxes. I love jukeboxes. You don't see jukeboxes anymore. I mean, I used to love the jukebox, you know. And there is a pin, there is a bowling alley that we go to. Oh, a friends get together every once in a while and they have a jukebox. Other than that, I haven't seen a jukebox and I couldn't even tell you how long. I used to love going to the diners in New Jersey and they had yes. a jukebox at yes. the table. And you'd be Sit sitting at the there table, at 30 in the morning playing Van Halen <laughs> while eating pancakes. <laughs> I mean, it was just the best. I mean, that's... That is a super, and I know you mentioned the Pac-Man and everything, and I'm a, I'm a gamer. I love all, especially the old school games like Pac-Man and Asteroids and all the good stuff. But pinball back in the day was, you couldn't spend enough money on it. How, how, what what brought you into that world? Was it just from, from childhood and you just kept with it, loved it? Well, Ricky Schroeder and Silver Spoons had the greatest arcade and I wanted one. I don't think it would have Behind my right shoulder, you're looking at a gorgeous 1961 Ricola Regis. Oh, man. But I got 15 pinball machines. Wow. My oldest one is a 1970 Bally's Camelot. And the newest one is a mid-90s uh, uh, Last Action Hero. 
Arnold Schwarzenegger, but oh, I know here. One man's trash is another man's treasure. Mm -hmm. So and you restore them yourself? I have electricians that restore it and teach okay. you the basics before the, you know, the soldering and the certain mm -hmm. Okay. Circuitry and all that. The circuitry, but the restoration of the cabinet, the marquees, the play fields, I'm in love with them. And it's Do you very play them? play them i caress them and i speak to them <laughs> you call them ladies how are you this morning lady remember stephen king christine <laughs> i'd marry him if i could but i'm already married but um well look at it this way he's the same way with his pinball machines as i am with my animals so <laughs> okay. it's it's the same love i talk to birds and mice and everything else it, it just you got it it's a, it's a serious passion look at the craftsmanship and mm -hmm. if the play field is in excellent condition, now the machines that I like are the ones from the 70s and 80s where they painted the play field. It wasn't a laminate or a sticker, so you can see certain cracks in it. You got the old wheel. Mm -hmm. it, 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 these are the sort of things where I look at them slowly. And there's certain companies in the United States that you can order specific parts. Uh huh. So just by getting the, uh, certain resistors and fuses a machine i can pick up for a couple hundred dollars mm -hmm. i can get a little work on it and for an investment of let's say five to six hundred dollars mm -hmm. sitting on a machine worth five grand and that's what oh, yeah oh yeah work taxes wow. like that. <clears throat> am i looking to sell them no <laughs> but do you want to look the value <laughs> sure Lord. but it's not that it's it's i love them it's just a and passion I, I'm enjoying them and it is my passion. And one of the smartest things in life is knowing what you like. Mm -hmm. And that makes it a lot, very liberating. It, it, it removes a lot of the weight so you can rise if, if you know what you're true. And what about your jukeboxes? Do you have records in them? Do you put records in them? Oh, Lynn, you're going to love this. So I grabbed this <laughs> jukebox and... And I figure that I'm going to get a cachet of, let's say, in excess or Duran Duran. No, and it's not even, you know, it's not even Julio Iglesias. These are these are artists from Central America that I guarantee you've never heard before. It's not even a hundred dollar Jeopardy question. It's <laughs> you can't get it. Like you know, let's say Wheel of Fortune. I could do <laughs> all of it. I could almost spell it for you. You probably even say it wrong. No. <laughs> So I hand them out as prizes and I'll go on eBay and I'll grab my own 45s that I like and I'll fill them up. But they'll also yeah. put in a, a Bluetooth. Why? So that kind of everything. Yeah. So the most outside, as long as it's preserved in the glass, and then I, I think you can convert them. Okay. That's fantastic. I mean, that really is fantastic. You know, you know my weaknesses, and you're gonna love this one, Richard. What's that? My favorite movie of all time is Jaws. I have Jaws toy, like I'm a, like I'm a, a giant five-year-old. My wife is like, what is the, I'm like, it's the original truck that he drove to the beach. At, you know, like I have it all and it's on my shelves in my room and it's just Jaws, Jaws, Jaws. And I have the Captain Quint USS Indianapolis speech on my, like the whole thing. Oh Yeah which my wife bought for me. She just reminded me. 
heroically. But, um, you know, it's just these things that you just find Everyone so much joy in and fish. so much passion. And, yeah. and I, I wound up having a passion for sharks. Now I want to dive with sharks. Like, I just love sharks. I just, it spurred into more passions, but it started with one. And I, de- I identify with that. Um, <laughs> to a degree, you have no idea. But um, it really does make you, it just really makes you happy. But it like, does. I, I use this as a happy medium. Mm-hmm. I, I believe in gamification. Recess was the best class. So mm-hmm. people can meet others from different departments, let off steam, recharge batteries, fall in love by the Pac-Man machine, hang out with me. Mm-hmm. I've done something here because it's one less cigarette, one less person isolated in the corner watching TikTok, mm-hmm. and it's allowing people to use this hand-eye coordination, which is an additional stimuli, which they're not doing on the phone, so they don't ice a kicker, so they're not cold when they go upstairs. Mm-hmm. Like the runner that jogs in place at the light. And so right. I, I, I can't, and also before the first training class, I allow the two dozen agents to hang out together in the game room so they can bond. Oh, that's great. Smart move. That's great. Smart move. You do say funny minds. It's got to be fun. (laughs) Absolutely. If I ever come to Costa Rica, I'm coming to your game room. (laughs) I'm picking you up at the airport VIP, solid. Hey, listen, if I come to Costa Rica, you better pick me up at the airport and you better have a monkey. Oh, God. Like I just uh, when, because when you're coming, <laughs> exactly, exactly, and I will bring an acoustic, so we'll we'll write some songs. Oh, if you get a monkey, I'm never coming to your house ever again. So if you want your mother to stay away, get a monkey. Oh, you have no idea. I'm on it, the verge. It's like... I'm on the verge of just having a farm inside my house, which would be a first. But uh, <laughs> really? you know, it's all Richard. It's all about passion. And and you obviously have you have a lot of passion. passion you do you know? And you've been blessed to find a home for that passion, and a home for where your heart lies. And uh, you know, I think it's phenomenal. And I'm blown away that I got a chance to even meet you. I know I was very when when I read. Um, when I read your story and I, and I said, oh, I have to ask this man to be on the show because this is so different. This You are such a different type of person. And I, I like diversity. So, you know, um, I just said, oh, I hope he says yes. And when you did, I, and you said, oh, I'm excited to be on the show. I'm like, oh, my God, this is so great. You know, it's like a young prom date, Richard. She was like, oh, please say yes. Please say yes. First, I'm gonna say yes. I was like, God, don't sell yourself short. You help a lot of people out there. I'm just one of the many in your audience that decided to reach out and say hello. But I'm also paying it forward because you do have a happy show. You, yeah. you do make people feel good. And and you know, Lynn, you're the best mom, and Eddie, you're the best big brother. And so, I think your community is only going to grow and so the fact that i'm here is wickedly cool i'm really happy to be hanging <laughs> super cool you have no idea I super get, cool. really, great, uh, great energy and um you know 
That's what we, you know, the, 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 the name of the show sometimes could be deceiving, but at the same time, our whole focus and goal is just trying to find the most interesting people we can find mm -hmm. that are uplifting and, and, and that have levity into the, into the conversation and have somewhere a, a story to tell, you know, yeah. and, and, uh, you fit that perfectly and, uh, massively excited. I got to get the cost. We, we have too many Costa Rican people on our show. Like we, we're missing out. We got to shoot from down there. Yeah. Richard, just get the guest bedroom out. We'll get, we'll come down there with the laptop. So we'll just shoot from down there. <laughs> That's a definite done deal. <laughs> you can even put me to work in your call center. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll get in there and give, give some high level uh, customer service. <laughs> And we wouldn't be friends anymore. You definitely wouldn't want to make phone calls at a call center. I know, right? No, why? <laughs> but it really depends on the- I don't even care. You know, I love speaking to people that none of that matters to me. I was, I've been in sales. I've, been, I've done cuss. I've done it all. And honestly- He's, he's any, an entertainer. Any he's personal an entertainer. interaction in any way I can help people, it's enjoyable. So it really, it's not even work. I know. And that's the way I think you look at it, Richard. It's really, yeah, you have responsibility. You have a lot on your plate because you have more pressure on you right. to, to make it happen. But at the same time, I think you probably are in my mindset that it really isn't work. What you know? pressure, Eddie? I exactly. Up for this. this is the price to pay. Yeah. I'm the tarot fool card. Walking <laughs> off the cliffs, selling rose with the... With the sun on my face, if you're not going to do this, then don't pass me the ball. If I'm not willing to put my chest out, then don't do it at all. Exactly. <laughs> and so these are the kind of things where really it's about maturity. I couldn't have started a company in my 20s because I'm in, I was immature and I'm still immature. But I realized in my mid-30s, I had impulse control and I was ready and willing to take on contracts and payroll mm -hmm. and those responsibilities, the, the kitchen side of my fun restaurant. And so as much as it looks glamorous and fun and we're having yucks and good times, what about when the camera wasn't on and I had to put my pillow, my head on my pillow at night because Billy and Joey quit and I got to let my client know. Mm -hmm. Right. I realize that preventions are better than cures and I don't like surprises. And if I can be forthright with solutions, I can live through it. And it's not the best thing in the world, but you judge character during chaos. And the greatest relationships and friendships I've had is where we got through tough times together. Right, right. Craving. <clears throat> Without a doubt. Are we cursing? Are we yelling? Are we calming down? Are we sleeping on it? Are we are are we apologizing the the you know the next day? Mm -hmm. Are we saving Christmas and Thanksgiving dinners? Are we taking things into consideration? Are we being humble? Are we willing to prioritize? My goodness gracious, people are so ultimatum based and one and dones and and giving you options where there's nobody wins. Yeah, that's what I mean. I, I, in my life, I'm CFO of a um, manufacturing company, so I had a lot of meetings where you had to come to the table. And you know, when you come to the table, you both 
You both want to walk away with a smile on your face. Right. Somebody's going to have a smile, but it's not really the smile that they, that they want to have. It's a lot of compromise. Life is compromise. You know, so you do the best job that you can. You make, you make the best deal that you can. You you put yourself out there to get another day's work done, feed another mouth, help another family, and make sure that everybody in some way has something that they can take back with them and be happy about. Lynn, I've also realized that when you make yourself vulnerable, you become exceptionally powerful. Think about the statue of David. He's not wearing anything, but that's probably one of the most incredible pieces of art. An image of man. And I'm just exactly. And so I, I like to bring, as you say, to the table the essence first. Because contracts can be adjusted, prices and whatevers. Mm -hmm. But as you say, I, I want to tell the truth so I can have the same story today as six years from now. And I think people will like that sort of consistency. And, yes. you know, it's interesting as well. I've been, I've been judged on a dip that then moved forward four times because of the way that I handled it. And the fact that I was in real time. Um, do I like these things? I sometimes get excited for it. Like when Bruce Lee tasted his own blood, there's some blood, blood <laughs> in your water jaws. There's blood in the water jaws. And what I need to do, <laughs> is, I think is we to need figure to figure out what's boat. going on. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I was always tough, but I was fair. Always fair. Did yeah. you speak last, Lynn, to allow others to make their points first? Exactly. Good. That's what I always did. Exactly. Always. Always. He's <laughs> so smart. Stuck the reasoning. Come on. You just and of course, And of course, being a psychology major doesn't hurt when you're profiling somebody sitting at the table across from you. So, <laughs> Well, my good friend, let me ask you a question. If you are interacting sight unseen, how do you gauge people? I can share some things with you. Um, you know what? People don't even have to say anything, and they say a lot, okay? But when you're on the phone, there's a certain turn of, tone of voice that people have that you can read into. Sure, sure. I've recommended that my agents have a consistent tone <laughs> of confidence and empathy now, the mirror imaging technique, Eddie, which I'm sure you're familiar with, I like to match the rate and the pitch because that can be done in any language. It's not the semantic nor the tone, right. which is the emotion. So if I see somebody spiking or dipping how loud and how fast they're going, that's usually when I ask a tie-down question. But my favorite tell sign, Lynn, and this is the irony of it, is silence because phonetics is gauged on tone rate, pitch, and duration. Duration is how long you speak, but mine is the the black keys with the white keys on the piano table. And so I gauge your answering speed because that's the one thing subconsciously 
it's impossible for you to manipulate. And so that's where I catch you. And if you practice this and you gauge things in 30 second intervals where you have your checkpoints, right. after about two and a half to three minutes, you'll see consistent patterns. And that's when you'll know. And if you're at the 11th 30 second, which is five and a half minutes in, then you've definitely established a pattern. So your remaining four minutes and 30 seconds on your 10 minute phone call is a floating feather. And you can- It really, yes, it is. It oh, is. Lynn and I are on the same page. I we love. are. Take notes, Eddie, take there notes. You go. I am. <laughs> I'm scribbling. <laughs> well, unfortunately, we have to say goodbye. And uh, it's- been... We have to have you back, Richard. Yes. We have, yes. We have to do uh, a pardon. As they say, you have a part two. Absolutely, we'll wait about six months, and we'll we'll. Only next time I'm gonna I'm gonna take out the acoustic. We're gonna play and sing. I'm gonna make it. (laughs) I'm gonna I'm gonna take you out of your comfort zone. I'm gonna get your wife on camera, and you're gonna sing for her with me. Uh, Okay, have a problem with that at all. (laughs) And she's gonna see how really talented you are. Oh, I can I can hold a note. Don't worry. Oh, I know you can. There's, a, there's no way you scored a hot Costa Rican girl without being able to sing. There's no way. There's no way. Or, or you're just a really good cook. I used to have hair. I got her when I used to have hair. Well, hey, come here. Where she could have purple hair? I mean, you're, you get oh, to stop with my purple hair. You love my purple hair. We are funny minds, Lynn Bist and Eddie Bist. And we're with with Richard Black today. And Richard Black has a wonderful philosophy on life and has done a wonderful job in Costa Rica. And I so appreciate him being on the show. And I think this was a wonderful show. And I think people are going to get a lot out of this. So I really appreciate you saying yes and being on the show. And where could we, uh, where could everybody find you, Richard? Yes. Where do we find you? Besides Costa Rica. Aside from being in Costa Rica. I got a very, very large Facebook fan page, about 121,000 local Costa Rican Ticos. Really? Live, you're going to have a huge fan base here in Central America. I love it. So you're on Facebook. Give give everybody your Facebook. Oh, under Costa Rica's Call Center. And if you want to look up the website, Mm CostaRicasCallCenter.com, or just look up Richard Blank Call Center. And go under images and you'll see all of my cool pictures of my pinball machines, air hockey table, my art deco building with neon nice. Mars <laughs> Well, you got a little Miami going. You got Miami going on there? I hope. I'm just women in the 1920s. You're going to send this out to your 121,000 people. <laughs> yeah. And let me remind everybody, that's Richard Blank, B-L-A-N-K. Yeah. Richard Blank, Costa Rica. Oh, right. Costa Rican Call Center. Costa Rican Call Center. So, fans of Funny Minds, thank you so much for being with us on this episode. I really appreciate all of you. And if you go on funnyminds.com, we have a store that has crazy little Funny Minds stuff. But also, there's two organizations that are very dear to us, and that's um, Women's Breast Cancer and St. Jude's Children's Hospital. So you'll see that big purple button there. And if you're so inclined to donate to those uh, organizations, we would greatly appreciate it. 
And like I say to all of my friends and my fans and my guests, be happy, be wise, be courteous, be non-judgmental, smile, and always laugh. Because laughter is the best medicine. And with that, I say goodbye, Richard, and I wish you well. And we will be in touch again. Richard, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you I so much. You really had a good time. Definitely have to do part two. Rica. Thanks, guys. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yes, we should. <laughs> I'm cooking you dinner. Bye-bye now. Bye.